You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. How was your weekend? Hello, Cleveland. Excited for the draft coming up. Baseball season starting this week. Everything getting ready to go. And the weather starting to break almost everywhere. A couple of cool days left, but everybody hang in there. Locked On Browns is back. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, joined today by Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. You folks all know the drill. Today's episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at Bill Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Before we go any further, do want to thank um, Joe and Megan Schobert. Uh, lovely gift in the mailbox today. Um, everybody knows uh, Locked On Browns was always a very pro Joe Schobert podcast. Um, early bre- birthday present as we uh, hit the... Uh, turning of another year tomorrow but uh to joe and megan thank you congratulations on everything for you two um and it's good to know that regardless um where you go what changes in your life uh good people remain good people peter the nfl um it's not like we did not know this was coming um and look everybody can be excited about a 17 game nfl season except for those pete who actually play the game. The game is cruel. The game is dangerous um, to play one more game and, and to think about, you know, a one and 10 team having to suit up, strap it up for six more weeks. I mean, it's almost mind boggling, but this is the NFL. And the only thing that counts, and when I say counts, view that last S as a dollar sign, is money, Pete. Right. So the Browns uh, would play the Cardinals. Uh, so they'll get to face J.J. Watt. Uh, but, yeah, I hate it. I hate everything about it. Um, uh, the Bengals are a fantastic example of why this is an awful, awful idea. They lost their center, and I believe T. Higgins got hurt, and I believe somebody else got hurt in Week 17 last year. Um you know, that's with the 16-game schedule. That That's going to be a bigger problem in a 17-game schedule with some of for these the teams. Browns, it was Olivier Vernon. Yeah, I mean, well, but I mean, at least for the Browns, they were in a game that, you know, mattered. mattered. I mean, it's awful for Olivier Vernon, but just the Bengals were playing in a game that didn't matter uh, in week 16, you know, or in game 16. They were going to be in another game that didn't matter, and you're going to have teams that are done. Uh, faster with this. So they're going to be just playing out the string longer and you're going to get people who are pissed uh, because they are buying season tickets uh, for, for games that they don't want at the end of the year for their teams that are bad. I, I mean, I get it. The NFL is trying to say, well, we're going to keep, you know, playoff races more interesting longer. I don't think that's really going to be true, but uh it's it's just not something they needed obviously 
you know, even just for statistics sake, you know, 17 games is going to change everything. 16 was a good number. Um, you know, I, 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 the problem is with the NFL is they're already thinking about 18. That's just where this, this goes. Uh, they're going to take away a preseason game to make it three and 17. So you're still 20 weeks, but I, I think it's a bad, bad, bad idea. And, you're going to get a lot of garbage football at the end of the year, and you're going to get a lot of people pissed off because, they, you know, obviously Alvin Kamara is a good example of somebody who I think voiced what a lot of people, especially established players, this is a bigger deal for guys who haven't made much money, uh, but you're still essentially sh- uh, shortening careers uh, for this. So I, I'm not a fan of, with any of it. And see, this is the problem. And the problem is it, it affects the good teams as well. Because what if you are in a situation where it's what will be week 17 or what will now be week 18? If you're putting a second buy-in, if they go to 18, whenever that comes, y- you better do that for the sake of your product and your uh, obviously your talent, which is your players. But you're going to get in situations here late in the season, and you're going to have star players who should – not be playing, but if the game is still critical to playoff in seeding, you're going to push these guys yet another little bit further. And it's going to be the war of attrition on the watered down talent. And I mean, look, we all kind of enjoyed Taylor Heineke playing that playoff game last year. The kid played his ass off. Um, but None of these teams want to get to this point. I mean, you know, nobody wants to see, you know, the Titans where, you know, Derrick Henry's out. Or I'm not even going to mention the team that we cover because I ain't jinxing nobody here at the end of March. Uh, But, you know, could you imagine if it was the Chiefs without, you know, some of their most explosive players? Or, God forbid, Tom Brady's got to take some snaps in Week 18 because it could be the difference between, you know, a bye, a home playoff game, we're starting the season on the road. Well, technically, they did do that last year, which is no big deal either. But this is the point: is is your these athletes are pushed to the limit already, and you're just and and the funniest thing is, Pete, is you're you're going to implement this in a year where a lot of guys are not getting what they're worth due to the fact that the cap is limited. It's I mean, basically, it's it's such a f you to the talent of this league. Look, we knew it was trending this way, we knew it was going to happen, but how can you do it in a year where you're basically dropping the salary cap twenty five million dollars? You're just really, really screwing over your players. Yeah, well, I mean, from that standpoint, again, it's an additional game check, so it's sort of already added in. Um, so. They they actually do get more money just for the extra game, which is you know part of the selling point. Um, but again, like for some guys, it's probably worth it. For most people, it's not, uh, and that's that's sort of the issue. I think it's uh, it, you know I'm sure it played a role in getting the you know the ten billion in TV contracts. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is you know in terms of growing revenue and increasing their uh, ways to make money. I think this is one of the more unnecessary and reckless ways to do it. It's just it, it's just not in the best you know 
interest. And look, everybody loves more games. I get it. But when you get to the possibility of an extremely watered down product, um, week 18 could be week four of the preseason, which basically, you know, they're trying to eliminate. You could be getting some really, really garbage football games. And at the end of the day, I'm not sure if that's essentially worth it or not. But, you know, this is the NFL and, you know, greed is good. We'll get back here. Obviously, today was a big day pro day wise. We're going to get to that. Um, Maybe some waters more muddy, um, some things maybe a little bit more promising, but concerning with some of the uh, edge class who uh, participated today. We're going to get to that and more. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on the latest Locked On Browns. Again, just because football season has ended does not mean your appetite for sports wagering has to end as well. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we at Locked On trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it is the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament, the NBA, NHL, MLB starting this week, NFL draft prop bets. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget, again, the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Pete, I guess we start with the U, um, and with three top ten, top twelve edge rushers of this class. Obviously, a tight end as well. And Brevin Jordan participating. Uh, Jalen Phillips, definitely. I think everybody kind of figured those were the testing numbers you're going to get. And now it just brings to the biggest question of which folks like you, I, and many of us do not know are what are the medicals, what's the severity, what truly is the injury history. Uh, Greg Gregory Rousseau looked like a guy who really hasn't been on a football field in well over a calendar year. Quincy Roche, um, a guy I really like, Chris Rumpf out of Duke, I think is a, could be a great day three rotational player. Didn't get numbers out of a guy like him today. Um, but starting with the guys like Miami, and I, I, I have a feeling, and I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet from you, Pete, where as far as the Browns in 26, because what if some of what some of today did is it didn't lengthen the first round buffet, so to speak, of edge players. It certainly shortened it, which means it, it doesn't look like it's going to line up very well with the possibility for the Browns getting a pass rusher at 26? Well, no, but I feel like that ship has been sort of working on sailing for a while. And and I think it, it made its way out of the Harbor very, very slowly today. Um, Similar to that big freighter in the Suez Canal. Well, it certainly did the, the shuttle like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so i mean look gregory Rousseau on tape i think he's criminally underrated i think his people go well he he beat you know he he got flew past guards and stuff like that just watching his edge stuff he's good like he knows how to set the edge he knows how to win with power he knows how to do a lot of things he's 
just so long. Uh, but, you know, unless unless we find out that, you know, he had some ankle issue or something, I mean, he just didn't do very well. Uh, his, his 40 time was great uh, for his size. Yes. Uh, you know, he, he ran in that, that high 4-6 range, which is – Fantastic. Um, you know, I was For sort of six, keeping two seventy. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> I was sort of keeping an eye on the Matthias Kiwanuka profile, and and just everywhere else, he was worse, um, and and significantly so in some cases. I mean, the I, I suspect he could have run a higher three cone, but his first two were awful uh, when he slipped, uh, and then the third one, he's probably slightly tired and, and he got through smoothly, but it was a seven five, which is, you know, good for a defensive tackle. Um, so to me, I think, you know, he's out of the consideration for 26th pick. Um, I still like him. I just, it's, it's just not realistic anymore to, to do that. I mean, the, the, this thing's simple. It's, you know, get a player that is, you know, uh, a great athlete, great production, you know, great on age and, and, you know, reliable to, to show up on the field. And uh, it's, it was, it was, it was a situation where Rousseau had, you know, the one year of just outright dominance in terms of production and he needed, you know, he didn't play. He needed to sort of showcase um, that athleticism and it wasn't there. So, you know, I, I don't think Quiddy Pay is going to make it to 26. I just don't. I, I know there are some people who are weirdly, like, sort of off of him. Um, all he's done is really been really impressive on, on tape and just his freakish quickness and strength. Um, I think one of the knocks that Pay gets is that it's been played everywhere, whereas maybe that's not as appealing at 14, 15. But if you say you're bringing him here, where there's Miles Garrett, there's Sheldon Richardson, uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, Tack McKinley, uh, and the other moves that have been made, th- that has a little bit more of appeal here. That you know, Quiddy Pay can go here, he can go there in certain situations, in certain you know, pass rushing situations. But that athleticism, that's the problem. He tested so well. Guys his size who move like that don't usually become available at pick 26. Right. So, I mean, he, he, he Pace, fantastic. I, I would love for the Browns to get him. I, I think he's going to be gone. I, I, I you know, Jalen Phillips is, you know, has done everything in terms of athleticism. He has one good year of production. Um, but uh, the medical issues with him terrify me. Uh, and and I don't get enough information to make that judgment. Teams will have to. Uh, he medically retired due to concussions. He's had some other injuries uh, in connection with a scooter accident. Um, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is uh, wasn't that uh, Kellen Winslow? Was it a scooter? Was it a motorcycle? It was some. It was one of those. This was a motorcycle. His it, yes. Well, Kellen Winslow went to a. I guess you'd call it a concert. Uh, for star boys and decided to buy a motorcycle and try to do these tricks that these guys did and going like five miles per hour managed to completely wreck his knee. Um, trying to do, trying to do this stuff in a parking lot. 
Uh, yeah, so we should have known. Uh, we should have known the future that was coming. But Jalen Phillips was producing music while he was medically retired. So the, the, it, he really hits on a lot of Miami sort of tropes that have have bitten the Browns at, at a point or two. Uh, but I, I, I you know, even, I, I didn't even think about it. It's like the seven. It's like the seven degrees of Miami football. Yeah, like he he had a phenomenal workout. He looks great. Everybody's in love with him. But you know, I. I, I have a really difficult time seeing the Browns mess with him um, with those issues. You know, that's sort of their, their, their like tent poles on what they want to prospect. So I, I think durability is going to be a, a no for them. But, I, I, you know, for me, I'm hoping he goes before 26. I think that's a great scenario. One, then the Browns don't have to think about it. And two, it pushes down another player. So um, I think – we're at a point now where, look, if, if the Browns are able to sign Jadevian Clowney, it, it points them even more to corner. It's not to say they couldn't have taken an edge rusher or, you know, or, or something else, but it just the, – the stars are really aligning for them to grab a corner. Maybe, you know, maybe it moves uh, – involves a, a small trade down. Maybe they sit tight. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Greg Newsom has the length, the speed that they, they that they want in a corner. He, he, he really has played a lot of what they do uh, coverage-wise. He has some some warts to, to work on, uh, including just getting stronger. Uh, Ifiatu Melifonwu from Syracuse is looks like Justin Gilbert just physically, uh, but he has some you – know, he, he, he has never dominated – uh, he, he's not as physical for his, you know, he's six two, two hundred 200 pounds. He looks every bit of it, but he doesn't like take over games that well. So he may be the absolute perfect project for them. I mean, they both have elite production based on, you know, the stuff I look at. And then, you know, you have sort of Mr. Safe good at everything, but he's five ten, which is Asante Samuel Jr. So, you know, those seem to be like the, three guys that that seem like they're the most likely to be in that sort of neighborhood for the Browns. Uh, you know, I think JC Horn is long gone. Uh, and, and, and really it's a question of, and he, I think he's really going to take over the spot that Caleb Farley probably would have gone in. And that's another one. And, and another guy I would expect the Browns are not going to mess with. Um, he, he athletically phenomenal. He had, he had, he's had some, some great tape uh elite production season but when you get to talking about neck um you know i he's gonna he had had is going to have or has had surgery um which you know if you actually read what's involved it doesn't sound like a huge deal but it still has the word back in it um and and mm-hmm. it, who knows it may be a stenosis situation which you know has ended some careers it has also you know, not been a huge factor for this. Uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski came out and had stenosis of the spine, you know, that narrowing, and he's going to go on the Hall of Fame. So I, I don't know if the Browns will mess with him, uh, but uh, now he becomes this big wild card because, you know, he, he is phenomenal in terms of athleticism. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I, I think – I think – He's gonna be somebody unlikely with Browns, but now let's say he falls to the second round for some reason. He suddenly becomes like this incredible wild card where 
if you can get him for like one contract uh, and he's great, then maybe it's worth it. So who knows? But uh, I think I think Samuel, Melifonwu, and, and Newsom are probably the three that we're, we're looking at. Uh, I, I can't imagine anybody else sort of a, as a corner in that conversation. Uh, I, I kind of agree. And for me, look, we, we've talked so much about the Browns maybe not making a selection at 26 and training back. I think maybe more and more this just lines up. And even with Pete's uh, talking here with Caleb Farley, you know, if he were available at 26, you've already got this question mark with Greedy. Look, love Denzel. Never doubted that. We've always spoken how well it is. But now you got three cornerbacks on your roster. Who would be your top three corners? You know, well, you know, I mean, obviously Hill in the mix. But you have three cornerbacks that you're praying essentially don't have to put their shoulder into somebody to make a tackle. That's not good. That's not good. That's a serious problem to have. And that's how you kind of end up with Robert Jackson starting playoff games again. So, you know, you have to do your due diligence here. And, look, it's okay to have a gamble here and there. But Greedy already is a gamble. And we talked about this years ago with insurance policies with the wide receiver position. And this is back in the, you know, when Josh Gordon was still around and Corey Coleman and drafting and Antonio Callaway. But you can't have your top three corners on your roster essentially being somewhat of you know a gamble and question marks. It's it's just dangerous business. And it's something most likely that an analytical front office is not going to do. We're going to get to a little bit more here, some listener questions. Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd taking you through here on the latest Locked on Browns. The improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six current new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 1% chocolate. They're soft and they are easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I will start, Pete Smith. Browns trade out of 26. Whatever the loose change is, however it works out, say it's 34, 35, 36. Look, and this is where people are confused. Gregory Russo didn't bomb his pro day today. It was not good, but he necessarily didn't bomb it. Pete, you trade out future pick, whatever the scenario may be, 34, 35, 36. Does this even the field a little bit between Gregory Gregory Russo and a cornerback? No, no, no. Uh, Again, unless unless there's going to be some other, another like, um, you know, workout that suddenly comes out, 
that, that you know, he does some of these things. Oh, and trust, trust me, by his agent, there's going to be something that comes out in the next 10 days about Gregory Rosso. You know so, it and I know it. Yeah, so I mean, like, if, if, if there's some way he can sort of convince teams that, you know, he's quicker uh, and a little more explosive, I mean, it, it wasn't just – his vertical was bad. Um, you know, 30 inches – yeah, that's bent is not good. So I mean, it, look. It, well, I mean, you think the arms alone, Pete, are going to cover twenty plus inches? <laughs> so like, you know, I, I think the Browns have multiple linemen that jumped uh, jumped better than that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like, yeah, no, he's not a consideration to me. Um, like, if you trade down, and I would say further than that. I think you're you're getting into the next guy I'd be interested in for the edge, which is Joseph Asai. Um, and I wouldn't want to really go with him as the sort of the first pick of the draft. Um, Every time I watch him, he screams more three four edge than he screams than than I see a four three player. But that's just me. Well, look, whether it's you know I I could, this is one of those things where I could give a shit. I mean, if you're telling me. You know, Joseph. If if you draft Joseph Asai or Aziz Ojolari, and they go, Coach, I feel way more comfortable standing up. And I'm like, Okay, stand up and run for a two. But like I, that doesn't bother me. The only time it bothers me is if, if Peyton Turner comes in and goes, Coach, I want to run two point. And then no, put your hand on the ground. You're 270 pounds. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't have a problem with the notion of like, if you want to call it a four man front and one guy standing two yards away with it, you know, it's sort of more of a, a, a two point sprinter stance that can do some other things. Uh, so, you know, I'm not interested in sort of forcing a sigh into a position that's going to sort of minimize him. I, it just, in terms of like a project I, I you know, I, I'd want to work with, you know, he's crazy. Like it's like, Oh wait, except, you know, he actually put people on the ground that he's just a relentless, uh, effort guy who needs to do better in terms of taking on contact and some other things, but man, he just, he keeps going and going and going and just gives you this belief that he can figure this thing out. Um, when you get some technical work with him, like, but it's one of those things I really liked about Rousseau uh, is that like you watch those guys and they chase down plays. Like that was sort of one of the attractive things about Rousseau uh, was that, you know, you watch him, he tra- he chases down all kinds of plays for Miami. The idea that you'd have him and Garrett able to do that. Osai gives you that sort of similar vibe, as does Oa, except, again, you know, couldn't produce. So, um, all right. Well, then I tell you what, then. In this same scenario, Russo, Osai, Oa, 34, 35, 36. I've got a gun to your head. You've got to take one of the three. What do you, who are you taking? Uh, I'd take Osai out of what I've what I've seen. Again, maybe there's something I don't know about Rousseau that comes up and makes you feel better about him. But in terms of, I don't have any questions about um, production, athleticism, or knucklehead off the field and age. Osai's right there. Like if you you know if you go off his production metrics, he's really really good. As it, Rousseau, nobody's better than Rousseau on age or production, but um, he's he you know he sets a, a a pretty low floor with his athleticism. Osai is sky high on all of those things. So uh, 
of those three, I would take him. In fact, uh, you know, I would be interested in Peyton Turner before we get to Owa. And, you know, if you're down in the 40s or high 30s, I could see where you'd be interested in Peyton Turner. And, and he's going to work out, I think, tomorrow maybe? Or some, sometime this week, he's going to be up uh, for pro day. There's a bunch of weird late pro days. Like Indiana's the second. All these people are really high on Jamar Johnson. I'm very curious to see how he runs because he looks slow on tape to me. But um, he did have a great game against Ohio State. So, like, you know, that's that, and that's why I, I think it's, I think it's going to be corner. Uh, it's just way more palatable at that area of the draft. If you can move down a couple spots and still get one of your guys, you know, if they do essentially what they did with Grant Delpit, so be it. Uh, but uh, I think that's where we're going to sort of end up. Or, you know, God forbid they get stuck in Rashad Bateman, who like Daniel Jeremiah has ranked 48th is sitting there uh, and you're just like, well, everybody else is gone. We'll just take this fantastic receiver that some people seem to really dislike. I mean, that's also an option, not a great one, but uh, for what they, what the roster is, but yeah, corner corner seems the safest bet. All right. Uh, Pete, we haven't gotten to this one here yet on the show. Um, I guess it was last Friday. I do believe um, San Francisco jumps to three. Uh, Miami jumps to 12. Miami then jumps from 12 to six and the Eagles drop to 12. Um, look, God bless Mac Jones's camp. Um, they may be doing some phenomenal work here because apparently Mac Jones is going to get drafted in the top 15 by four different teams, maybe five different teams, maybe six different teams. Give some thoughts here. And for me, it's always weird when that happens like a month before. Um, obviously, with the Brigham, uh, with the BYU Pro Day Friday, um, the Jets sending their general manager, sending their head coach, sending their offensive coordinator. It seems pretty set in stone. Zach Wilson will be, you know, the next Jets quarterback drafted number two overall. San Francisco going there. Miami jumping back, then jumping back up, most likely putting themselves in position for whatever skill player they feel that they want to hopefully take Tua Tagovailoa to the next level. Some thoughts here on the uh, draft up and down. And, and kudos to Miami, who obviously was working two deals at the same time. Yeah. So um, I think the idea uh, that anyone would take Mac Jones third overall has a drinking problem. Um, that's absurd. He's not – he's not – that guy. Um, I think he's Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's really, if he pans out, he's Jimmy G. It's the same guy you have that you're obviously not satisfied with whatever you want to tell us all. I don't think he, you know, there, there's, he supposedly ran a four, six, eight forty. I don't think he can go that fast unless he's in a car. Um, I, I, he's not a good fit to me to what, uh, what, Kyle Shanahan wants to do. It's not because they need him a running quarterback, but they do need somebody who can run the boot. And I don't think Mac Jones is that guy. Um, no. Uh, so I, I think if you're taking him, if the Panthers take him at eight, hell, if the Steelers take him at 24 or whatever, I still think it's too early. He didn't play enough. He's a nice, th- I, I think he'd be a fantastic seven on seven quarterback. But he doesn't look good when he's under pressure, and he's not very good. Like, 
he to me he looks like a fatter Alex or a fatter Matt Ryan. Um, you know, when things go bad, he just sort of falls over. So I think he's AJ McCarron, but he played with better collegiate talent. Well, I, I think he's got more talent than than AJ McCarron had, but I I I I think he I don't think he's nearly as NFL ready as people want him want to make him out to be. Let's put it that way. Um so to me, first, I don't think the 49ers should trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and that's what they've been saying, and I agree with it. Like, if you're going to take any of these guys, any of the three, which but if you're uh, going to take Trey Lance, Trey Lance is not ready to start Week One, so you better have somebody else in tow. Well, neither is Justin Fields, and neither is Mac Jones. So, yeah, I, I, look, and Jim, I, I think Kyle Shanahan has a pretty good sense of, uh, hopefully, for his sake, has learned some very tough lessons with Robert Griffin the Third. I mean, he ended that kid's career, all, you know, more or less. The kid was hurt, and then he had him still sneak, like still scrambling, slap and, a brace and, on it, and run, son, it, <laughs> and then got his knee just destroyed. Um, so, look, the offense that he wants to run takes time to learn. Even when they got Jimmy Garoppolo, he had to sit a month before he actually got in some games. Um, so, I think they're going to take their time. They ha- Jimmy Garoppolo is worth nothing right now. I don't think they could get a ham sandwich uh, between his cap number and what he's done on the field. He's always hurt. And he may be again. Um, so I-, I think it makes all the sense in the world. And I think they're going to take either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And ultimately, I think they're going to take Trey Lance. That's a really risky pick to me. Absolutely. Trey Lance in terms of size, strength, speed, um, is sort of the ultimate project athlete type guy. And I think that's the way they're going to go. I I, I personally think it would be a great situation for Justin Fields. Uh, So, you know, part of me is rooting it for that. Um, I I think Miami comes out of this brilliantly. Um, uh, Chris Greer is very good at trading. Uh, he's very good at getting value. He's right out of the Sashi book in terms of uh, maximizing asset value. What he's done with Laramie Tunsil's trade is pretty remarkable, not unlike what Sashi Brown did, uh, trading down and gathering so many assets. But Chris Greer has to hit on these picks. He's been sort of up and down in that regard. It's been a little inconsistent in terms of hits and misses there. But, you know, everybody's like, sort of criticizing them that they went back up to six, they're still getting a first-round pick and some change just to move down three spots. You know, whatever that ends up being, if that is uh, Jamar Chase, if that is Kyle Pitts, if that is the, the Alabama Bucs. kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what they're sort of eyeing, but they've put themselves in position to get it, and that's a pretty good situation for them. Uh, Miami has a really, really talented roster. Some of it's very flawed. Some of it's because of those picks that they it have. Really one guy. It's going to come down to one guy, though. There's no way around it. It's going to come down to one guy. It's going to come down but, to two. Yeah, uh, but that's the thing. They've even given themselves some flexibility if they if – Well, they're... exactly. Next year they can trade the farm if they go nine and seven if they're not happy with two. I'm sorry, nine and eight, and trade the farm and go get the guy they want. Now, I do think Tua will be much better um, a year – and change removed from, you know, the knee. 
I think he'll be more yeah. confident. I, he can't be less. I mean, he was a shell of himself. Um, he didn't look anything like the kid who came in at you know halftime or it, 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 after half in the national championship game. I still I think remember that it. So um, I think they did a great job. I think the Eagles did a great job for themselves too. Uh, you know, a, a, another guy where people don't like the picks being made, but it's very difficult to criticize Howie Roseman for how he operates in trades. They got a first-round pick to move down six spots. They can still get a receiver if they want. Uh, they can get a corner. They can get whatever. So I, I, I think I think John Lynch is one of the worst GMs in football. Uh, I, I uh, He traded three first-round picks to move up for that. That's criminally stupid um, on, a, on a number of counts. First, whoever they draft, it's almost impossible for them to live up to that. Uh, and especially if he's sitting that first year, which, by the way, I would applaud them for. But you gave up three first-round picks, and everybody's going to be sitting there going, why can't we see this kid? Why can't we see this kid? All this stuff. And you can't get him help. And if you compare that to the Mahomes trade or the Josh Allen trade, they gave up a stupid amount of assets. And maybe there was competition, and that's why they felt like they had to do it. But they they basically gave what I think was going to be their offer – for uh, Deshaun Watson and basically said, all right, we'll just do this and gave up just a ton. And he's awful, awful at trading. His trades include giving up a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's been an outright disaster. Yes, they made the Super Bowl. He was awful. Uh, and I called him awful and got criticized by whoever does their locked on show. Uh, and I was right. Um, he traded a second round pick for D Ford, who never plays. He traded DeForest Buckner for a first-round pick, which is criminal. DeForest Buckner's phenomenal. He should have been a first-team All-Pro and wasn't. He traded uh, – what else did he do? He traded something else stupid. But the – oh, Quan Alexander was <laughs> just another – just bad signing. But then you make these three first-round picks for, for nine spots in the draft. So and with the one exception – of trading with the Bears, he loses every trade he makes. And it's just embarrassing how bad he is. And Kyle Shanahan is carrying this guy because he's been a disaster as a GM and gets way too much credit when he's been really bad. And, you know, their team is really well set up in certain ways. Like they have Debo Samuel. They have uh, a great tight end there waiting for them. And they've got all these other things. But their offensive line needs help. And you've really uh, hamstrung your ability to sort of get more resources to to fix it. Um, I thought they did a great job signing Alex Mack, but you know if it's Mike McGlinchey who didn't play well last year, he needs a big bounce back year. They they just lost or they 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 kept Trent Williams and paid him an absolute fortune to do it. Yes, uh, there's just a lot there that I think I I just don't think they've done a great job. I, I will give him credit. Uh, Resigning J- uh, Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley for those contracts, great job on his part. But overall, I, I think he's a disaster. Uh, Pete found his way onto a San Francisco 49ers rant. Um, so you have that going for you. Um, but, yes, for the whole body of work, um, you have to show that a Super Bowl that you did not win um, when your quarterback could not complete a pass to a receiver who was wide the hell open many yards down the field. Another story for another day. Got to a bunch here today. Uh, obviously, 17-game NFL season. Look, Browns get nine home games this year. That's awesome. I, I hope everyone you enjoy every daylights out of it. 
um, cross your fingers, pray, novena, whatever you do, uh, that it, most of those players are still there for week 18. Went over pro days here for a bunch of edge players, and it, it certainly did not help the Browns' options at 26 overall. And then, obviously, you know, some questions here. The league itself, the draft process, you know, some teams were able to cover a lot here. Um, big week coming. I mean, we're less, you know, we're about a month away from the draft. Everybody's geeked. Everybody's excited. Um, this is, you know, obviously the pinnacle of the offseason. And we're, you know, <clears throat> slowly finding our way towards it. He is Pete Smith uh, of Browns Digest through SI.com. Uh, make sure you're checking everything out. Pete and his team are you know, kicking butt, taking names. Uh, Pete and uh, Sean Stevenson actually putting out a podcast through SI.com now. Make sure you're checking that out. And, of course, make sure you follow my boy at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs open over there. Questions, ideas. I appreciate you guys flooding with that. And it always you know, just helps. Uh, the interaction between uh, all you listeners and the show itself, again, you know, could not be more thankful for all of that. Uh, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, subscribe, rate, review, Locked On Browns, please and thank you. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.